motivation Jonas Andrew Phillips helps me avoid desperation There's two facts to rebuild a nation To make us strong And hearts a bond full of brothers and sisters Tell the future we can build whatever we wish to Put your mind on the map Eyes on the prize Don't forget to like, comment, share and subscribe I don't know what to say guys I don't know if I can say I'm honoured Thrilled But I'm in the presence of greatness right now That's all I can say And she knows I'm in the presence of greatness And all I can do is say We're in for a treat today We're going to hear from the queen herself Hey <laughs> Introduce yourself for us <laughs> No thank you Thank you That is actually the best intro ever Um Hi everyone, my name is Shola. I currently work at Multiverse. We are one of the fastest growing startups in the UK and they offer apprenticeships in digital data tech, etc. And I'm in the B2B team, so I manage our B2B marketing partnerships at the moment. And then on the side, I run Youth Unlocked, which is the youth community platform and podcast. And then when I can, I do a lot of youth activism. activism. I think that's the right word, activism. Yeah. Is that a word? Activism. Yeah. And actually this Saturday I've got my TEDx coming up where I'm going to be talking about apprenticeships. Right. So there's a lot going on. It's been crazy, but I'm so happy to be on this podcast because Jonas is the GOAT. Oh, thank Period. you. You're the GOAT as well. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. But yeah, you know, this is the thing, you know. You guys need to hear this. Shola works for Multiverse and research for Multiverse for us. She runs Youth Unlocked, another great organisation. She's doing a oh, and she's a youth activist. Come on, guys. Come on. It's time for you guys. I want you guys, you listen to the Let's Talk Facts podcast. You need to come out of your comfort zone and be like mm. Shola because a lot of You have to step out of your comfort zone. This stuff wasn't natural. Exactly. Like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. This is the thing. A lot of adults say, oh, yeah, this Gen Z people, they, they don't care. They just want to build technology. Come on, guys. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. There's exactly. stats that show that our generation is a much more entrepreneurial mindset out there hustle we don't stay like with the norm we want to like go above and beyond mm -hmm. and considering like even the climate right now with covid people are still doing amazing things it's actually mm -hmm. mad exactly. Exactly. so just imagine exactly. yeah this stuff goes back to normal i'm excited whoa i'm excited for everyone <laughs> uh, and if you could describe yourself with three words what would they be and why okay okay I like that um so the first word I would definitely say motivated 100% well mostly self-motivated um and I guess my reasons for that is everything I've got in life and things I've achieved and, and work has always been mostly from me steering that and a lot of, you know, growing up in ends, like you don't get things given to you on a silver spoon. So you got to work for that. And you have to have a lot of self-motivation because you might not always have that person behind you. Like, do this, do this, do this. So, so self-motivation would be definitely the first one. Um, I'd also say humble. I just, that is just a word that I would say I am. I really, I think being humble is how you become great. You always have to remember where you're coming from. And I think that importantly is something I, I always want to be. And I hope that I come across that way. And then the last one is authentic. I always keep it real. And I just try to be myself in every situation. Even those situations where you're in an environment where there's not people like you, I always try to keep it real because I always realize when people, first thing people say to me is like, the way you presented that or the way you did that, it was so you, like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I'm being myself. So I think those would be the three words. Yeah, so self-motivated, humble, authentic. Yeah, and I've got to say, the first time I actually spoke to Shola, I swear, and I, I felt these straight away because we were talking. I just DM'd her because I just wanted to talk to her because I was like, this queen is doing amazing things. I've got to just chat to her and network with her and see what she's like. And then I remember I asked you because I felt like, I got, I'm not going to, I kind of felt like I was forcing it a bit, but I was like, let me just keep going. Oh, you didn't think that? No, I've told you this before. I didn't <laughs> think that at all. I've, I looked at your page. Actually, to be fair, you messaged me, but I saw you already on LinkedIn. Oh. I saw what you were doing anyway so I was like you're doing amazing things so to me it didn't come across that way okay, cool. so, not at all and when I asked you what motivated you to do what you do and you said myself I was like oh I love this I love it when people say that because everyone says and in my eyes that is being humble because if you True. were kind of, you'd kind of be like 
oh, well, you'd lie about it, right? Because you don't want to come across as that. But you were like myself. And, and most of the time, it is yourself that motivates you. Let's not lie. Sometimes, yes, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire. But who's going to tell you to take action? Some people may tell you, but are you actually going to do it if someone tells you? You have to say to yourself, you know what? I want to achieve that. I see the world like this. I'm going to ensure I can do what I can to make it that. And that's exactly probably what you for, right? Literally, like, who's going to wake you up out of bed? Like, they can give you the resources, but you still need to get up. Mm-hmm. You need to find the stuff. You need to implement the stuff. So it has to be yourself. Exactly, exactly. And the, the whole thing about humbleness as well and your humility. I have to say it to you because the stuff that you've done, but you just, you say stuff like, I'm not famous and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, no, I hate that comment. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, like, I remember you put on your story about someone that said, oh, how did you go on SBTV and get famous? Oh, yeah, man. And I was like, this girl is so humble. I was like, obviously, obviously you can't big yourself up and stuff like that. But she's like, I'm not famous and stuff. She's worked with so many big companies and she's still like this. Like, I admire to be like that when I get to that level. And I think a lot of young people admire that from you as well, to be honest with you. Like, I see you as a leader in this space. I honestly do. Oh, that. man, that, and, uh, that touches me, my heart. Because when I, when I actually connected with you, and obviously when I connect with people, I look on their highlights to see what they've been up to. And I saw what you were doing when I was in secondary school. So, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I know obviously you're two years older than me, but I was still like, oh my gosh, this is amazing stuff. And stuff like that is stuff where, again, I say to myself, a lot of adults and sometimes even our young people ourselves, because I was on Clubhouse today and I was talking to a bunch of adults about crabs in the bucket mentality. Oh, this, don't. Is the thing of, this is the whole thing of a lot of, especially in ends, as you said earlier, in ends, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of crabs in the bucket mm-hmm. mentality. And I feel that the actual people that are actually taking strides to be great are the ones that they get cussed about it. Like even me, people used to tell me that people didn't even chat to me. Came up to I me remember you telling me that story. Yeah, and they mean like, oh, Jonas, you're going like you've gone Hollywood. I was like, what? It's been a year since secondary school. I've just been minded, I've been acting the same way. But then it's like, do they really rate me? Deep down, do they always rate me? Or is it crabs in a bucket? But I think that being humble, you have to say to yourself still, okay, let me take myself out of this emotional state I'm in right now. Whether you're crying or angry, whatever, we're always emotional regardless if something like that will happen to us. Yeah. Am I really conveying and acting in a certain way that it could come across that way because still humans are emotional as we said earlier so you still need to say to yourself what can I do to ensure that that doesn't happen again exactly yeah that that is the right mentality a lot of young people need to have that but the crabs in a barrel that is that is real and the problem with people like that is they will they won't support you but they'll support a random influencer doing the same thing as you and Mm -hmm. that's the bit I don't get I never understand that's the thing like, I see some some people saying happy birthday to influencers. I'm like, they're not gonna see your they're not gonna see that. But your friends will see it when you're promoting the, your their business, but you don't want to promote it because you want them in ends with you forever. They don't want to stay in ends, they love ends, they love ends with their heart, but they of course, love yeah. Exactly. This is what I always t- I tell people all the time. I always love the place I grew up, but mm-hmm. do I want to stay here forever. Um, no. not really. Who doesn't want a better life? I mean, especially when you're making you're getting it yourself. But it doesn't mean that you turn a blind eye and you act different. But, mm. you know, allow me to thrive, but come with me. Mm, exactly. If you don't want to come with me, then let me go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, like, it's like, that simple. It's like you're climbing a ladder and someone's just dragging you down and you're like, mate, Literally. Like, I'm going to pull you up and you're just sitting on the floor. I'm going to have to let go of you. And sometimes, No time for that. There's so many people out there that, and this is what a lot of successful people say. They say, there's a lot of people out there that I wanted to bring on my journey but they didn't want to be brought. They didn't. They wanted the quick fix. They didn't want, for example, for me, the person knows who, I'm talking about a friend of mine right now. He knows who he is. But I'm always going to be loyal with him because when I needed somebody, he was there for me when I was younger. But mm-hmm. he wants to be successful. He's got an amazing business idea. And I'm telling him, nice. you're going to do amazing, bro, if you keep that mentality up, bro. Because I'll tell him about a workshop that is being run or an event. And unless it has, doesn't have anything to do with either wealth or money, my man's not there. He's not there. So I said to him, look, you realise that when I started this stuff, I didn't look into money. I looked into actually bettering myself. And I didn't even need to look into money before the money started rolling in for me. 
So what makes you think that just because you're reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you're going to... Oh, don't. Yeah. And then this is going to sound like I'm taking his shots, but I want him to understand this. Bro, the two books that I know he's read, so he wants to read Malcolm Gladwell too. But I think that it's not a thing with him. It's a thing of... That's a lot... Like, my second... The second book I ever read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The first one was How to Win Friends and Influence People. But even me, myself... I have that book. I need to finish that. I need to finish it. (laughs) Good book. But even me, myself, I think in my subconscious mind, I don't know why I read that first. It might have been because, obviously, it's money. But I I don't see money like that. I see money as a tool. But I think more people need to see money like a tool and just say... I love that. I'm going to go for my goals, but money's a tool. Just like I always say social media is a tool. That's why I don't find it toxic because I'm using it to, to better my life. It's a tool at the end of the day. If anything's toxic, I love that. Get that quick unfollow. Like, that's what it's got to be like. No, 100%. Yeah, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. My aunt recommended it to me and I read another book from Kiyosaki. I think it was like why um, A, A students work for B students. And I prefer that one because it was more like the mentality behind it. And I've, I've never really been an A star student. So I really liked that one. But I get you, people read that stuff and then it's almost like they're brainwashed sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, are you putting in the work? Because yeah. you're saying a lot of books that you're reading, but what are you, like, what are, you, what are you getting from that? How are you implementing what you've been taught? Or are you just going to go around reading a bunch of other books? So, mm. but that's another topic. <laughs> that's, that's what Victor, Victor always says. I don't care how many books I read, I care about implementation. And ever yeah, since Victor. Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, cool. That's the truth. I'm going to not worry about how many books. hundred percent. Yeah, don't, don't get caught up. Mm. Exactly. And me and you actually have many similarities. However, the main one is that we have both done apprenticeships. So why do you think that young people are not usually encouraged to do apprenticeships rather than going to university or college? That is such a big question because there's so many layers to that. Like one is the schools. Um, They don't teach it enough. And when they do talk about it, it's usually like a side thing, like, okay, cool everyone comes to the assembly to learn about uni and if you want to there's a workshop about apprenticeships over there but you you can self-select to go to that and I think it's mainly I don't know about right now but when I was in school it was about their incentive they had an incentive to drive people to university because that's why schools will say x amount of our students went on to go to university and if parents see that they're like well if I don't know 90% of their students went on to university that means they're a good school but it doesn't because that doesn't take into consideration what universities, you know, what people are studying. So I don't know how that can be like a definition of success, but clearly to other people it is. And there is no stat about who went on to do an apprenticeship. So they're just not held at the same level. And I think naturally back then as well, when I was going to do my apprenticeship, there wasn't a lot of um, awareness about it in general. And people had this in their mind that if you're doing an apprenticeship, it's just just typical um, engineering apprenticeship or level to hair and beauty apprenticeships people didn't realize that you could actually do them in like digital marketing software engineering accounting and like the more careers that are like people say established careers so I think it's a case of schools not having the incentive like why would they need to if they're not going to get marked on that if the school doesn't get um you know like no they don't have to put out a um, report that says how many of their students went on to apprenticeship why like what's the incentive for them why would they need to? I think parents as well, they have that kind of misconstrued mindset when I've spoken to parents before, because I, I used to do like a lot of outreach where I'd go into schools and like to parents even to talk about my experience. And they don't see, they don't understand. They're like, well, why would I put my kid in an apprenticeship when if they go to uni, they're going to make more money or they're going to have a better career. So I think they just don't have the right information. So it's a lack of information as well. And then I think for young people, just hearing that growing up, it can be really difficult to like do the different sort of route. I always knew I wanted to do an apprenticeship. I was told about uni. In college, I was forced to do UCAS. I just basically pretended that I was doing it, skipped that to just research. No, I'm sorry. Why am I doing a UCAS application when I don't want to go? I was just pretending. I was like, yeah, miss, whatever. Didn't do that. I was like, and I didn't even have an apprenticeship at the time, but I was like, I don't really care. I just want to, I'll know I'll get one, but I'm not going to just do uni because everyone else says. So it's, it's a few things, but mostly society. And I think the minute those sort of uh, myths are debunked, and the right information is out there, people will want to do an apprenticeship. 
because then when they talk to me or like other apprentices that I know we tell them about the things we do they're like oh like, I wish I did an apprenticeship or I want to do an apprenticeship so it's just about who's conveying the information if people are going to say you know if you go to university you get a social life and you're going to get loads of pay and whatever I can't blame a 14 year old that's like I want to do that because they don't know that apprenticeships can offer them a social life for example they don't know that you can make so much money without debt doing an apprenticeship so it's, it's about the information that's out there that's why I would say people aren't going forward for it yeah it's true it's true you know because I think in my I rate my secondary school because while I was there they didn't actually but our new head teacher was coming in came in mm-hmm. I have a really good relationship with actually and he when he obviously was getting started when I was in year 11 but when we left now I'm seeing apprenticeship assemblies for the year 11s and stuff like that I'm like I That's rate so it so good I am not jealous that he did that that is so I good je- I was like my man's doing my man's doing apprenticeship like they have they have a whole careers month at my school I was meant to speak there but then COVID came the day before I was supposed to speak there COVID hit so it was a bit it was a bit peak but I remember I was just like no I rate this still and I used to hate my secondary school when I was younger until about year 11 and the new head teacher came in and I felt that because in college I felt what you said about the UCAS thing I did the same thing I was like I'm like out why am i filling this out for and then they were probably forcing us to do it and i think they were even giving detentions i was like i don't care <laughs> i don't care like i was like what like, it's college i but i was like you know what i know i'm not gonna do this because my plan at first was actually to when i left school my plan was to obviously do vet voluntary stuff and everything that i was doing then it was to get my do my college stuff and then do an apprenticeship so i should be in an if that was the plan i'd be just still new to my apprenticeship now Mm, but okay. when I was in college, I was like, no, nah, I'm not feeling this still. I was getting top grades. That's the first time I ever got top grades. Because towards the end of year 11, I started to get good grades because I kind of like, I pulled my pants off. Stop, like, yeah, to. I started fixing up. And then at college, I was still like, I was banging out college. And then I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, I'm getting top grades, but this isn't me. And then I did my apprenticeship and I was like, you know what? I'm liking being with adults in a working environment I'm learning new things obviously mm-hmm. like every day's every day's like not going to be the best day however however it's still a, a good experience and it's a privilege I see it I saw myself as a so do I it's a privilege yeah. like all my friends that used to have way more I used to, oh, I was so broke in secondary school you don't understand I used to walk around after school asking people for chips on one pound and stuff because I didn't have money like my, <laughs> no my, yeah my mom, my mom would say Jonas if you do your chores I'll give you a pound. I was like, ah, I can't be asked to do that. I can't be asked. So then I just be like, people would just be eating their chips. I'd be like, hey, yo, I bought me a chip. Yeah, so, you're one of those people. No, but back then, like, we needed was a pound and you could get a box. I know about now. <laughs> now, but yeah, it was. Prices. But nowadays, when I'm, I'm, even when we go to like cinema, Jonas only has 10 pounds. Everyone else has a head of money. Jonas has 10 or 20. That's still a lot, to be fair. That's still a lot. I'm not going to complain. But everyone else had hella. But nowadays, it's like, Jonas man like you got money and I don't I'm like wow time the tables have turned haven't they the tables have turned but that's another privilege too but we've been talking about privileges and stuff however what would you say the pros and cons of doing an apprenticeship are yeah I'm happy to answer this question because I feel like with anything people are really defensive of their the route they've chosen whether Mm -hmm. it's apprenticeship or uni so everyone tries to sell it to you I don't do that. I, my experience was good and I could talk about the pros, but you also have to talk about the cons because nothing is perfect. So I'm not going to try and fake it and paint that picture. But I think the main pros, again, because we're talking about money, I'll start with that first. The fact that you get paid and you're not in debt. And, you know, people say, oh, you don't get paid a lot. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true because it depends on a few things. It depends on your age, your qualification, um, the company you're at, how long your apprenticeship is. So it can range. Um, speaking from multiverse you can get paid anywhere between 18 and 24k and I think that's great when you're coming out of college or school that is great money to be on and also yeah you don't have the debt bringing you down and for a lot of us some of us are still at home so if you consider that you're making that money you don't even have like hefty bills yet so it's this great position to be in Um, I'd also say being able to learn on the job that is something that for me is a pro I understand everyone learns differently but for me was a pro because when I would 
be my coach and she teach me about I don't know how to do Instagram ad or something like that I could literally then the next day go and implement that at work so I knew whether or not if I understood or not because I had to physically go and do it for a company that relies heavily on you and that's a lot of responsibility and for me personally I like that because it means that my CV is looking nice but I also understand the con of that is some people don't want that pressure out of school to know that anything you do like your company's relying on you so that might be a lot of pressure for some people, just having that, that pressure of like a team and having to work with metrics and stuff like that, because that was difficult at first. So I found that quite scary at first, to be fair. Um, I think another con for some people is the fact that obviously before COVID, you need to be waking up early and going into office Monday to Friday, nine to five. And if you're straight out of school, maybe so 16, you might not be bothered to do that. You might just want to have fun and relax and take your time. So for some people that isn't, that isn't it it's definitely difficult at first but it is the real world so even if you do go to uni and you spend a bit longer getting into the workplace we're all going to end up there if that's what you want to do so it can be a con to some people just depending on your like stage in your career or your mentality um and then I would also say another pro for me is just the community being this is something that most people don't know I had a whole social life like last year December actually no not last year now Oh, that was COVID. So 2019, December, we were literally doing our boat party and people were like, where, where are you guys? Like, where, what is this? I'm like, yes, yeah, it's your apprentice party only. And people had no idea. People were like, oh my God, wow, you guys are like, you guys get so much fun. We would have like events in partnership with Monzo to learn about finance. We basically get this thing called off the job training where in addition to our training, so for me, it was additional marketing qualification and my job, you get 20% to do whatever you want. So whether that's shadowing someone in your team, going to an external event, um, upskilling with like um, I don't know a course or something and it basically builds you up so that you are the young professional that is thriving you're killing your role and it means that when you finish say you didn't like your company for whatever reason your CV is packed and um, if you do like your company then you're most likely to get a promotion so I would say those are the main pros things that have definitely benefited me and it's also for me personally this is quite a unique experience allowing it to help me to build my personal brand I can't say apprenticeships help you to but mine definitely did. And that's what basically kickstart a lot of the stuff that I'm doing with like, yeah, youth activist stuff and youth fund dots came from my apprenticeship experience. So yeah, that's, that's my pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, I have to say that's a really, really fair judgment because as you said, a lot of people are going to defend what they chose, but I like the fact that you actually gave it a fair judgment. And this is mad because obviously I know what Multiverse does and I'm just sitting here listening to you. I'm like, man, even I, a guy that did an apprenticeship, we never all, all we had was our coach coming to, to meet us at our, at our employer, and then they just leave. You lot are getting boat parties. I'm like, what? So guys, yeah, oh, it's mad, it's mad. All the events you guys get to, I'm like, mate, like this is this is level. and it's still continuing virtually. Our community exactly. is still growing. We're still doing stuff. So yeah, exactly. actually, let me add this question. Actually, just to look, also with the fact that you now work for Multiverse, right? Did you expect it to be as busy as you did when you were an apprentice with them? That's such a good question. My experience is so unique. So I'll break it down real quick. So Multiverse, if anyone doesn't know, they're an apprenticeship provider. So when I was going to apply for them, I was applying for their apprenticeships. I wasn't applying for the Multiverse. But then a role came in there. So they were like, well, we really like you. We like your video. So would you want to work for us? And I was like, yeah, why not? So I went through the process. I ended up working for them. I was in the community team. So at the time, Multiverse maybe had about 50 people working there. And the community team had one lady who was my manager or ex-manager at the time. And I came in and joined second. So I was actually part of building up that social experience. So that boat party we had, I planned that. Like the one with Monzo, I planned that. So together we built up the community to where it is today. So then once I had finished doing that, I finished my apprenticeship last year in April. And by that point, the community is massive, like a thousand apprentices. We've done so many different events. It's amazing. It's such a success that I was like, cool. I did a digital marketing apprenticeship whilst building that community. I was like, marketing, I love it. I want to do a bit more of it because I felt like I was more doing events and stuff like that in that role. So that's when I then moved into this team I'm in now, which is our go-to-market team, which focuses on B2B marketing and partnerships because I think I'm always changing my career but basically based on my skills and what I'm good at I thought partnerships was a great route for me so now I get the best of both worlds I get to do the marketing and the partnerships and this side of the business is busy 
other side was B2C, so facing like our apprentices. This side is facing businesses, and this is where it gets mad. Like, this is where I would say I didn't expect it to be this busy. Like, I am definitely out of my comfort zone and thrown in the deep end. But the great thing about that is every time you're thrown in the deep end, you learn so much. And then you look back in a couple months and you're like, how the hell did I do that? And then you're like, I did that. So I've just grown. And you're just adding to yourself every time. So yeah, to answer your question, Jonas, I'm sure I didn't expect it to be this way, but then I did move teams. And that's another pro of doing an apprenticeship. You might not know exactly where you want to go, but if you're a good person, you work in the company, they love you, you can just move, move teams. So now I've done a year in that team, I'm in another team and it was an easy transition. Do you know what I mean? Rather than having to the whole applying and blah, blah, blah. The apprenticeship, you, you build your brands, your internal brand in your company, you say to someone, you know, I'm looking to develop in this area and then you can have that transition of moving. So that was, yeah, that's my answer. Did you have to do an interview when you were moving teams or did you just get switched? I got switched and I had to speak to a few people, but it wasn't an interview. It was more like speaking to them about why I want to do it, um, what I see my role looking like, because it wasn't an official role. It was more just me saying I want to do partnerships. And there wasn't the space to do that in my team, in my current team at the moment. It made sense to do it over here. So I had to sort of say... I really want to do this. This is what it could look like. Um, and then, yeah, mm-hmm, spoke yeah. to a few people, our senior leaders, and I moved over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's also a key skill you need to have too, because I feel that I'm not going to be the guy that blames the school system for this. However, I feel that a lot of people come out of school, and it's, I'm not going to blame the school system, but they come out of school and they lack, they don't have boldness to speak to adults they don't say what they they want and it's not anybody's fault it's not any young person's fault but I've just it's something I've noticed recently that I feel that now that I've been able to meet as obviously my voluntary stuff started when I was 16 and I was just I was a couple months away from 17 I've obviously worked with different people on a voluntary basis and I'm with certain people who are on a big scale but they're asking me how should we run this? And Jonas, you're doing this with us. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm not used to this. I'm like, I thought you were just going to ask me what I want and then just say, okay, we're going to do it. But these guys want my opinion. And I think that it's tough sometimes because I was like, what? I was confused. And I don't usually, my experiences to a lot of young people is quite different. So the fact that I was like that shows you how crazy it is and how much there is a bit of a divide, I feel, between adults and young people because I think that not all but a few adults kind of make the boundary how do I say they make it quite uncomfortable for us because they try to like condescend us and stuff like that and I feel that that really affects our young people but we don't know it affects us it's unconsciously affecting us and I think it's something that the older generations older generation did to them and then their generation above them so it's kind of like a cycle what would you we need say to break that? that cycle yeah we we need to break that cycle for Mm -hmm. sure I definitely agree with you it's there's no one's fault but things could be changed I think even just in schools how we talk to young people we know that teacher everyone had that was just so condescending and like they didn't trust you like I'm gonna put everybody in pairs because Mm -hmm. I I know what's best for you sort of thing let us choose our own pairs or I I need us to do this a certain way like empower the youth to make their own decisions because that's when they become so reliant on an adult or just someone to tell them how to do things. So I think there's things that can be changed in schools. Um, but I think also it's a bit to do with people's personality as well. You can't make everyone like that. You know, in the same way there's extroverts and introverts, some people will be more bold than others. But yeah, I think it's just empowering young people to make that just those decisions themselves. And it's so difficult. I struggle with it sometimes. But yeah, it wasn't easy to be like, I want to do a new role, like leave a team that you built up. It's not easy to, but then you have to always like think about what's going to be good for you and your development. And that's not practice because when someone, the minute someone says that, it's like you're being selfish. So it's just changing the narrative around people that put themselves first, not hurting others. I'm just making sure I'm set up. And that comes back to the whole self-motivation thing I was saying earlier, because I realized that people won't go as hard for your career as you will. You'll have mentors, you have sponsors, you have people who like really care about you and champion you, but still no one is going to do more for you than you'll do for yourself. So we need to empower young people so they can actually back themselves 
or they're going to spend years relying on someone to direct them. And that's how loads of young early talent don't get promoted and stay at the bottom of the chain, especially interns. They come in and they stay, a lot of them stay because they haven't got that own, that own I don't know, not self-motivation, but the power to feel empowered to say, I've been here for X amount of time. I need something. So I'll give an example. I did a, um, a boot, I think it was, yeah, I did an internship. So it wasn't at Boohoo. That was a placement that I had when I was in fashion college. It was another company. I probably should say the name. I did an internship there and I was supposed to be there for three weeks, but I really liked it. And I really wanted to stay because I was doing cool things. So I said to them, can I stay? And they let me stay. Imagine I was there for six months, not getting paid. They paid for my travel expenses, but that's nothing because when you make, when you have no money, the money they reimburse you, you just keep on using, like you're not earning anything on that. So I, it got to a point where I was like, wow, so I'm spending money to come in, like help you guys with ideas, do all this stuff. And I'm not getting paid. I'm not, you know, it was supposed to be three weeks. I've been here for six months and no one is here to tell me, Shelly, you're doing a good job. We want to pay you or we want to keep you on. So I had to have that difficult conversation where I was like to them, I'm supposed to be here X amount of time. And it's so annoying because back then, I didn't know it was actually illegal to do that, whereas now it is. You can't be having interns and not paying them, especially when it's a certain period of time. I didn't know that. I don't even know if it was legal back then. But um, I had to have that difficult conversation where I was like, I really love working here, but I've been here for six months. And are you guys going to like keep me on? Like, what's the plan? And they were basically like, oh, um, unfortunately, there's no spaces here. So it's up to you what you want to do. And that was so crushing because I was like, wow. So if I didn't say anything, you guys would have just had me here working like a slave literally putting in all this work for nothing and I feel like it's the small things like that when you're like I have to have my back I have to make sure that I'm going in the direction I want to be in because if you just allow things to just go people won't have your back all the time and that's just one example I'm not trying to scare anyone into thinking that no one's gonna have your back but I'm just saying when it comes to your career put yourself first especially when you're from ends because you're not going to, most of the time, you're not going to have that silver spoon or that person to just come in and save you and, and pick you up or that uncle that works at Google who can just take you in. So you have to be on your P's and Q's, basically. That's something I've learned. Yeah, exactly. And I think also it's uncomfortable for us as well because we're from ends. And it's like, it's a thing of when you go to work, and I notice this myself, when I usually, I feel I'm professional, but when I'm with people I like or they're from ends too, a bit of a bit of ends comes out of me you know what I mean like I use a bit right. of here and there and I think it's not that deep it's not that deep but like I use it's not that deep I use yeah yeah across all the time and people people don't care it's not a big deal people know if you're it even adults like probably my grandparents even know what, what I mean when I say what I say because they've been around me since I was young and I was using like words like bear and stuff like that from primary school and it's not going to leave my vocabulary I don't think it, probably not but I don't care I'm calm with that because that's where I'm from and it gets to a point where, for example, I remember there was a time where I was talking to someone I know. And let's not lie, a lot of the time, I'm, I'm sure at least everyone's done this once in their life. They've made up a fake word, like the word in it. It's not a real word, but all words are made up. So I can say what I want. All words, you know what I mean if I'm saying in it? So why is it a big deal if I'm saying it? And they were like, I remember people said to me, don't say that word. How dare you talk like that? Don't talk like that again here. I was like, excuse me? excuse no me no way I was like I, oh, I was like excuse me I wasn't offended but I was just like <laughs> I was kind of, you know when you, laugh, you know when you laugh something off and you're just like you have to laugh it off in a moment but like deep down you're like like oh, are you yeah. serious <laughs> yeah I'm like okay cool okay is that how you want to move okay cool like, I'm not gonna stop nothing's gonna stop me from doing it because to be honest how am I supposed to become the best version of me if I forget where I was from how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to do? You're seeing all the. I'm gonna. I'm sorry, but when Dave won his Brit, he shout. Where did he shout out? He shouted out where he was from, Streatham, South London. He, I know that's a rapper, but still, that's still a profession. So, why can't I pay homage to the area that I was born and bred? Why can't I do that? Don't don't get me started on this topic. Don't get <laughs> me started on this topic because I have too much to say on this topic and honestly yeah someone you me someone needs to have a podcast episode dedicated to that topic mm -hmm. of just being able to be yourself when you're from ends in a work environment yeah. because boy sometimes it's difficult yeah like is. you said you have to compromise what you're saying like you have to watch what you're gonna say mm -hmm. like you're like sometimes i'm like i'm so used to saying slang i'm like what is the non-slang word for that 
right now so that people understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is a hard one. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And now I want to go into the first segment of the show. And this is the first time I'm ever doing this segment. It's called Take Me Too. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to talk about a situation, a place, and I want you to tell me what it was like, how you're feeling there, and all that kind of stuff like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. cool. The first one is, and we've kind of gone over this, but it's still fine. The feeling and thoughts that you had before and leading up to your first day at work. Oh, oh great, great question. question. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let me think. First day at work. That was okay. Wait, when you say first day at work, do you mean my apprenticeship or work? Like work, work as work. in retail. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, cool. So I was 16 and I got a job at Victoria's Secret in Bond Street. And I was so excited because at the time, like I would watch Victoria's Secret shows and like the models on the runway. And it was a big deal for me to get a job like that for my first job. So I was really excited. I I love the series, by the way, because it's making me memorize things. But yeah, it was really exciting. Um, I didn't know how it was going to be, but it was a great time. I loved that job. That was one of the retail jobs I loved. But I had to stop because traveling from Croydon to Bond Street it was just too much mm. and I had to get there for like 8 a.m so I was leaving at like 6 a.m my little 16 year old me in the cold so I had to quit that and go to five guys but it was really good when I was there yeah amazing amazing next one take me to a non-covid working day for Sherlock West oh okay non-covid working day that would be then in my previous job so not in this team because I've only done this team virtually. Um, I think, yeah, one of my favourite days was the planning around that event, event with Monzo, because um, I had to basically make a campaign around teaching the apprentices things that you aren't taught in school when it came to finance. So, yeah, my manager was like, do that. And I had to think of a creative way of doing it. So I was like, okay, cool. We could just, like, send a bunch of, I don't know, things on email. Or we could try and get in contact with Monzo and do an event with them. And that was that, that was my thinking. I didn't think we could do it, but we managed to find like their community manager and make something happen. And I made this series called How Not To Be Broke. And we had some excellent speakers from like Urban Financier. He's massive on Instagram. Um, we had Laura Waitley. She has a book um, that looks like the Monzo card, actually. I forgot what it's called. And that day was really defining because it was one of the days where we had, it was one of our biggest events at the time. And like I said, because I built that team up, I didn't think we could do it. Um, and it was just really nice to see apprentices there that's just happy, learning, and yeah, showing people that we can do amazing things as apprentices too. So that was fun. Sensational, sensational. And the final one for you is take me to the feeling that you had when you found out that you'd be working with SBTV. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I can't lie to you. That was... That was really fun because that was part of a wider National Apprenticeships Week campaign. So there was a few activities going on that week, but there was BBC, Spotify, and then I found out about that. And yeah, I was gassed. I can't lie. I was gassed. Um, The behind the scenes filming was really fun because I got to meet a bunch of young people from this school. um, And yeah, working with them to like pretend to film the music video. I don't know if you ever saw it, but we basically had to, yeah, film that music video showing like what apprentices do. Um, and P Money was basically rapping over it. And yeah, it was it was loads of takes. It was almost like being an actress or something. Loads of takes, but it was really fun, exciting, a bit nerve-wracking, but it was good. Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, like, the way you're talking about it is just making me, it's bringing me back to when I saw that on your story and saw that kind of stuff. So like, it's amazing, it's amazing. Now oh, I can't you. wait to get out of lockdown. Yeah. I've been saying this, I've been saying this, but yeah, I've been saying this too, but you know, we're nearly there, nearly there. It's all good, but Nearly there. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited for the TEDx, I'm excited. Um, Yeah, that was a moment that was so gassed as well. I couldn't believe that one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, and my next question for you, Shola, is, so out of the segment now, back into the questions, what is Youth Unlocked and what is the reason that you decided to start it? Yeah, so Youth Unlocked is a mixture at the minute. Um, it's a community platform, which is just based on Instagram at the moment. And we've also run a few events 
just before um actually not just before but during covid but last year and we also have a podcast and at the moment i'm rebranding so i don't know when you're going to put this podcast out but from next monday things are going to be looking really different on you fun lots so i don't want to say too much but yeah prior to that um the reason why i set up is because being from ends and having your first role in the sea which is what i like to say ends the sea um it can be difficult. I can't lie to you. Like, it's amazing. Of course, you're, you're leveling up. You feel like you're on your way to greatness. And I talk about this in my TEDx as well. But sometimes it's difficult with managing just cultural shock. Um, sometimes just being imposter syndrome, just being in an environment that is not really the environment you're used to. And I found that I wasn't the only one. I would have these random conversations I could do with you, Jonas, and like other people. And I realized like loads of people are feeling the same way. So I was like, okay. Um, I don't want to start a business. That was never my intention. I never actually wanted to be an entrepreneur. I literally just wanted to work my way up to a company and become a VP. But because I felt like that and it was COVID, I was like, well, I know how to plan events because of my role. Why don't I just put on an event and have it be about microaggressions, imposter syndrome, cultural shock, get a bunch of panelists because I've been able to meet some really great people and just put on an event and put on LinkedIn and just tell people to sign up. That was literally the mindset behind it. Did that. And because we had about 60 people on the call, Bearing in mind, there wasn't a youth unlocked. It was just an event. From that, I was like, wow, like, this did great. And I went on to do a couple more events. And I realized like, I should make this into a thing. Um, it can't just be a random event. So that's really how youth unlocked came about. It's not your traditional. It wasn't your traditional me being like, I want to have a business. I did a business plan. It's more like I felt an impulse feeling. And I was like, okay, I can't be the only one. I want to help others. I feel like I'm one of those people that just really want to help others. It's just a natural thing for me. I don't I, like if I'm, no, I'm struggling with something and there's nothing else out there, then how can I be the one to help? So that's sort of why it came about. But yeah, like I said, stay tuned because the content is really changing from Monday. Mm. Yeah. And it could be about some things we've discussed today. Cool. I'm looking forward. To, I love you. know me. I love your content anyway. So like, now that I'm thinking it was levels before and now you're rebranding. So now I'm like, mate, like, this is going to be a bit sick but by the time this comes out people are going to already have seen this or if they're Great. not if they're not followed you need to follow this you need to follow youth unlocked and follow shola too you're gonna just go on their account if you're not followed give it a follow before you even look at anything and then see and you'll say that's why jonas told me to follow <laughs> that's why jonas told me to follow them trust me guys you gotta do that kind of stuff and enter the city i love that i love that because that's i've never worked in the city yet a lot of people that a lot of people that I did my apprenticeship with, so the adults told me, Jonas, why do you work here? You should be in the city. Why are you still in your area? I was like, well, the situation was I kind of needed to leave school within two weeks or my, my mum wouldn't let me leave because obviously I would have got to year 13 and I would have got had half of my qualification already. Yeah. So my mum my mom said, Jonas, you have to get a job in two weeks or you're staying. So I had to take anything. And I had a job at a law, I had an offer at a law firm in Croydon actually. But nice. I already started my first job, so I had I couldn't just leave. So it was a bit yeah. yeah. And following on from that, actually, where do you see? I'm gonna add you to this as well. Where do you see yourself and youth unlocked in five years' time? Oh, uh, I, I yeah. This is a question where I'm literally like, I don't even know if I'm honest, um, because I'm always changing my mind. That's something about me. I'm always changing, but I guess. Where I would like to be um, is I'd like to have, I would like to own a house by five years. That's something that is one of the goals I'm saving towards. So I would like to have, I don't really care what it looks like. I'd like to own something. I own a property on my own. Um, and career-wise, I can see myself in my personal development plan at the moment is partnerships manager. And I would hope it to be at some sort of like creative agency, whether that's like a music um organization or fashion but something creative and being like the brand partnerships manager mm. that is something I just really like the idea of partnering working with people talking to people I know my strengths and it's there yeah. so I would see myself doing that but again I'm always doing the most as you can probably see so I'm doing this and I'm like, I want to do that I'm doing this so who knows and then you find lots oh one day I really want you for lots to just be that main youth platform that young people from ends identify with period like i want them to be like do you know what i mean like if you're from Croydon or wherever you're from and you're like okay cool i actually want to consider a city job then they're like okay cool um i've seen this page miss like can we get them in to do a workshop or you're in college and you're like or in your you're actually in your job and you're struggling with microaggressions in the workplace and you're like 
this is just getting on my nerves. I need someone to speak to you. You've unlocked, like everyone is just directed to you. You've unlocked. That is what I would like for you've unlocked for five years, 100%. I've got that one worked out. <laughs> but yeah, my own, my own career on that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's the thing though. People, I think a lot of people, no, actually I know a lot of people, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know where I want to be in five years or 10 years. It's okay because trust me, people probably think, a lot of people tell me, one, Jonas, it always seems like you've always been on it in your life. This is a new thing, guys. I started moving like this with this whole, this, the way I speak and stuff like that. This was when I was probably like, nearly 18 so that's like a year and a half ago and this whole caring about my career was straight after secondary school so this is a couple months before I turned 17 so I'm still new to this and even now I've got my five-year plan and stuff actually I've got more than five years I've got 10 years because I'm a very I always need to know what I'm doing I'm that kind of person but it changes all the Love time that. I'm always, it always changes that's the thing though so I'm not too fast about it because I'm like okay this is what I want to do I still want to do what I want to do obviously but the way I'm doing it kind of changes a lot and this is the thing because I was reading in a book that mastery isn't a destination it's a journey so you're changing things chopping and changing things getting better at things bring, bring exactly zone. and that is when you get to that level where you know what you're doing is mastery but that could take 10 plus years and we've spoken today about being out of your comfort zone for years I didn't feel like I was out, for, out of my comfort zone but now mm -mm, it's tough it's tough, it's tough. right now but guess what? You always know when you're feeling uncomfortable that you're about to level up. So I just say that to myself and I'm sure you do the same and just be like, you know what? But when I get through this and I'm, it's time for the next level, drink a glass of water and get ready again. That's what you've got to be Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. definitely my mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to wrap this up now, the second segment showed off and the final segment is this is my, my favorite part of the show, actually. And it's what are your three rules for success? Oh, that is such a big question. Damn. I guess you're considering everyone on this podcast successful, or at least they consider themselves successful to answer that question. But um, I would say, number one, um, stay true to whatever it is that you're doing or at least try to, whatever it is you're doing, I don't care what career it is, I don't care what your goals are, I don't care what motivates you, but stay true to what it is you're doing and don't get caught up in what other people are saying, other people are shoving down your throat, what the media is shoving down your throat because it's so easy to compromise your values um, and like what means well for you. So you have to kind of block that out because people will say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a generic answer, like to be successful, work hard. I'm not going to tell you that. Well, I could have, but I'm not going to tell you that because I think there's more to that than just working hard and working hard is subjective anyway. So I would say if you've got values, if you've got goals, your mission, just stay true to that always because that's what's going to be able to hold you down, especially in those times where you might be not as humble anymore. Just remember those. I would say um, be flexible and adaptable to change. Because like me and Jonas were literally just saying, like for me anyway, my career, when I was really young, I wanted to do modeling. Then I wanted to do something in fashion. Then I wanted to do digital marketing. Now I'm doing partnerships. With The thing is with success is when I've heard people talking about it, they make it seem like you need to know where exactly you want to go. And then when you hit that, you're going to be successful. But the problem with thinking like that is what if you want to change? then you tell yourself you can't change and then you end up unhappy. And that's what, and I know that from older family members in my, in like my family who they went to uni to do, I don't know, they wanted to be an accountant. They went through the whole thing. And even on that journey, they realized this isn't for me. I don't like it as much, but they went through with it because they wanted to do that tick exercise and say, I've done it. But if you're flexible and adaptable to change and you almost prepare to fail, then you can always rise above it. So I would say that. And lastly, I would say, I would say nothing, if I'm honest. I would say stop listening to other people tell you what success looks like and figure out for yourself because that is going to be different for everybody. Some people is making a million. Some people is just literally getting a job in the pandemic. Some people is getting their house, their car, their health. So I can't even tell you what success is or the rules of success when we have different ideas of success. So I would say just know yourself. And that kind of relates to point one of understanding what it is for you there's too much emphasis on like 
books about how to be successful, in my opinion, and things on how to be successful. And if you type it in on Google, you'll see five ways you can be successful, three ways, blah, 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 whatever. But success is so subjective. Everyone has a different point of view of what success is. How are you listening to what a book's telling you when their idea of success is, I don't know, financial freedom, but to you, it's just having a family. So work out what success is to you. And I feel like that's how you will be successful because only you know what that is, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This is why, quickly, this is just why I always say that a lot of people can't come and tell you, oh, I like a lot of people like to flex it. Oh, I'm working for this company or that company. And I'm like, what if that person just wants to run their own business or what if that person wants to work for an apprenticeship provider? How are you acting like that's the be all and end all because everybody's different and success of course is everyone's opinion that's why i always say in some of my sessions and workshops i say there's an activity that i do where i say write down what success means like to you obviously we go into exactly so you know i'm like don't let don't let me tell you what success is don't let anyone else tell you what success means don't let your teachers tell you don't let your parents tell you and certainly don't let your friends who aren't doing nothing for themselves tell you some of their some of your friends get advice from if they're doing well and they care about their future but the ones that are like, they're not really on it like that, still be their friend. Don't just ditch them unless they're doing something crazy. But just ensure that you're not try, because I know it's hard sometimes to not be peer pressured by other people. But yeah, Exactly. Because for you to actually be content with success one day, you had to define it yourself. That's how I see it. 100%, 100% Sherline. Thank you so much for coming on the Let's Talk Facts podcast. Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we end the episode? no just thanks so much for having me on this podcast it's amazing so yeah thanks everyone for having me and listening and if you want to talk about apprenticeships or anything like that feel free to just message me on linkedin which is just literally show us but yeah anything you need just let me know and i can help you yes yes 100 percent. and make sure you follow her make sure you follow youth unlock remember don't look at the content until you follow it then look at it then dm me and say jonas we look i followed them and you were right guys please do that Please ensure that you're giving these accounts that deserve these follows, those follows. And guys, stay safe, wash your hands, keep your distance, follow the rules, and we're going to be out of here soon, all right? I'm sick of it. Shola's sick of it. We're all sick of it. So let's just work together, please. I want my life back. But guys, thank you.